0: You're
1: now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. Oh, hey, what's up everyone? Uh, yo, we're doing <laughs> so a So glad you could join us.
2: Yo, uh quick quick debut. Uh, you know what? Sometimes we we do premieres for records that people hit us up about and we're like, "Yo, that's cool, it's cool." Um, yo, no one hit us up about this one really. Uh, this is a band compassion whose demo came out a while ago uh came out on vinyl and after I heard it I needed to have it um turns out we uh we ended up meeting this fellow Spencer uh a friend of Patrick's I think Patrick you you this this guy's in uh sex with a terrorist your one of your many many projects um yeah and and makes killer like just straight up heavy low end power violence um compassion's demo is awesome this record is out on convulse it's called pacing animal uh i believe adam from convulse felt the same way as i did about the demo was like yo i I just want to hear more so um shout out to spencer shout out to compassion this is the first song of the pacing animal 12 inch ep available now on convulse records this song is called vile glow
1: grind uh the hardcore podcast i think i did this in the episode am i crazy you whatever let's start over so
2: you do it do it you do it twice so this is oh i do it twice okay
1: welcome i'm keeping all this you sound like a nervous comedian (laughs) you you sound like (laughs) take uh, three welcome to axe to grind the hardcore podcast i'm patrick I'm bob I, 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 I'm Tom. Oh, is that how I sound?
3: That's what you sound like. You're no. like you—you you sounded like like Andrew McCarthy from like 1985 rom-coms.
2: You know mm. what? That's lit. That's lit. That's lit. I might be able to get dinner tonight, guys. <laughs> if we can make this one quick. Um, so before we get into anything here, uh, thanks to our sponsors, which includes the Almighty Close Casket Activities. honor them. The everlasting run for cover records. Hey, oh, Mm, ultimate respect. The immortal to live a lie.
1: Uh, uh, Yeah, okay, we can do that. Yeah, and the inevitable death wish ink. Uh, yeah, uh, how do I say honor again? Um, cool, I like them. I am inevitable. They've been good. Um, They've been good. They've been good to me, and put out good records.
2: Patrick, do you ever have moments where you wish you either had access to or the wherewithal to buy cool comic
1: book shirts uh, in the early '90s? Uh, yes. I also wish that I uh, had the uh, forty dollars. Which you know, when you're when you are doing better yep. than you were previously, and you look back on times that you didn't have forty dollars. Yep. And you go, damn. I couldn't. How much were sh- those shirts were? No, I, I, there's a uh, eBay find that pops up only periodically. It's a, a martial law poster mm. that is uh, somewhat rare at this point. And I, uh, it was $40, maybe five years ago. And I, was so broke at the time that I said forty dollars, mm. um, and and now, now you spend I spend that on
3: breakfast you know, potatoes.
1: Now I spend that on breakfast potatoes. <laughs> thirty dollars, thirty dollars a day on breakfast potatoes. I make no apologies. And that poster now is more than uh, that. Poster is now uh, impossible to find. Yeah. So Tom,
2: the uh, the comic book t-shirts of the early nineties. No, they were not forty dollars, but they were probably like twenty nineteen twenty four dollars. So like expensive their for the order. time. Um, but they sell now for. $450, 800 1200 depending on what the design is, because some of them were in quite small supply. So, um, goddamn. So, just to continue to our inevitable ad reads, Deathwish Inc., uh, germane to this episode, go to deathwishinc.com and, uh, I'm going to direct you to the artist store for the band Integrity. <gasps> You'll notice, uh, there's not a whole lot available because uh, maybe you know or maybe you don't, but this band uh, people people kind of like them. Um, they, they move units. Uh, so uh, not a lot of the records are currently available. Obviously, you can stream them. We encourage you to. But I am going to direct you to go to DeathWishInc.com, search Integrity, and get the classic shorts. Uh, Champion brand shorts uh, says Integrity on one leg, the an Integrity skull on the other. It's very cool. Um, it is cold weather season, so these are appropriate for warm weather places or just lounging. Turn the mm. heat up in your living room. Uh, turn Fire up the Xbox. Fire up the PS5, whatever it is, and throw on the Integrity shorts. Uh, they have mm. them available in all sizes. Great for you. Or the perfect holiday season gift, Integrity, classic shorts. Get them, Death Wish Inc.
3: Tommy, I got you the shorts with the weird skull on them. <laughs> I don't know what goes on upstairs, but I feel like someone is in like an office chair and is just rolling back and forth.
2: Yeah. This oh, is, I this, mean, this is the person who's bounced on the thing. Uh, like it's told you to be quiet. And no, I think before. that
3: that's downstairs, but I'm not 100% um, sure. But upstairs, uh, literally, you can hear it's like it's like I think there might be a bowling alley upstairs in
1: my apartment building you know ap- apartment apartment living i used to love it and now Socks, dude. Socks. <laughs> it sucks dude sucks fucking like buying a house is not easy though uh I oh just, no i have uh, no money but like i just looked i just looked into that uh, uh there's some challenges
3: <laughs> uh, there's now, some- does australia yeah, have associated. any of those like first first time home buyer kind of deals like the states have
1: they do. They you get like between. Depending on what state. Uh, but then they come and you check your apartment
3: in. every two weeks to make sure you clean the toilet bowl. Whatever the Listen.
1: Fuck oh, I, I didn't. Whatever even thing bitch you about made up. The thing that I find most offensive here. You can't you hang anything. Can't hang any. I didn't make that up. I checked at the show last night. Everybody who's lived in every part of Australia confirmed that that is just the norm. To the person that wrote did us. Take like,
3: he, Did you go? Excuse me. Can I ask you a question?
1: Yes, I did. So Do the, over- uh,
3: Do the ba- those bastards come around and check your apartment. They're like, no, just you because you're a weird American.
1: No. Th- with open back man.
3: headphones that everyone can hear your fucking music.
1: And listen, the most defensive thing about Australia apartment living, you can't hang anything on the walls. Now, they say that in the United States, but you always can. Here, you you truly cannot. They would bang you for like 600 bucks if you fucking hang something on your wall. That look at look at how look how I'm living. Do you guys see in this little no. Zoom chat? Like look, no, it's, it's blurry behind you. Sorry, it's,
2: it's, I, the things behind a, another window. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Listen,
1: you're not seeing anything. It's all white. It's all blurry. I'm buying a house just so I can have a, a things on my wall. How fucked up is that?
2: Mm. Uh, our other sponsor to live a lie. <laughs> you're gonna go to tolivealive.com click on that web store and we did a little bit of a uh swerve tom and patrick did a little search and we're like hmm, what are some things that we're curious about at to the floor is yours
1: all right well let let me begin tom of course i'm going to talk about Pat something. always has to go first i'm going to talk about something that i think you may have addressed you know, to be past. a horrible
3: lover
2: there is no doubt <laughs> you're fired <laughs>
1: Fading signal. Uh, This is nothing feels good anymore. Seven inch. Now, Tom, when you talked about this band, I don't know if you were talking about the demo or if you were talking about uh, this seven inch. It was that. I'm going to talk about the seven inch. Oh, no shit. Okay. Well, then we're going to reiterate the, this is not what I expected Uh, for anybody who is uh, kind of in that space. That is so many people where you love straightforward meat and potatoes, hardcore, you just wish it hit harder. You just wish the songs were faster. You just wish that it had uh, a little bit more edge to it. That's what this is. This is like if Bridge Nine Hardcore was turned up to fucking 12 and uh, was very familiar with To Live A Lie. There are songs that are like blastingly fast, but within that type of um, uh, post-youth crew sort of energy. It is a very interesting mix that I think would appeal to a ton of our listeners who probably grew up in that kind of uh, Bridge Nine era, but are looking for something that uh, challenges them more than that. So uh, th- this is 100% worth checking out to, to pretty much everybody in our listenership.
2: Fading signal. Hell yeah.
1: Tom, take
2: us to somewhere else.
3: Am I allowed to now? Is Pat done?
2: <laughs> you, you have my permission. Yeah, please go on. He's finished. He just rolled over. So yeah. you
3: have my permission to die. Um. All right. I'm gonna go for uh. Gonna go a little Cali, little little DC action. Going for that split seven inch. Uh, the set the split seven inch between despise you and Coke Bust. Hell yeah. Um. I was a real big fan of Coke Bust for a long time. Um not as familiar with despise you until more recently mm. um but it's yeah it's it's the it's a new pressing of it um pressed in 2021 it's on lakers purple which i mean
2: hell yeah
3: i mean i i love lakers have some of the best uniforms in sports mm. fact the team's not doing so great fact um but you know Bill Walton's got some problems apparently, um, but uh, yeah. So the Coke Bust, despise you splits seven inch. You can find it on there. The most recent um, repressing of it. Go cop that if you like oh, fast yeah. hardcore. Coke Bust is fucking great.
2: Just very good fast hardcore. Uh, and I angry
3: think, and straight edge.
2: Yeah. Shout out um, two bands that people who like fast hardcore may have missed and passed over. Uh, are both very deserving of your time and attention. So shout out to LiveAly.com. Hit that web store. Guys, how you doing? How are you feeling? A million bucks. Hmm? Tom, where are you at? You a millionaire? A million and one.
1: Ooh, oh, one up. Got to um, Got What up, me?
2: We uh we actually are this is like a little bit of a different thing today. We uh we actually did an interview with our pal Dwid Hellion. From integrity and psy warfare um uh is it oh, what's is it blood blooding uh he did a cool fanzine um was a blood book blood book thank you um and what was his label anyways um dark empire records we didn't even talk about that we should no, have
1: we didn't i wanted to talk about how he stole the cam kennedy uh, star wars art for the yeah uh advertisements
2: well and, and the integrity skull is from a vertigo book so um we didn't get Blood, into the yeah. book stuff at all yeah we should have but uh yo this is kind of as i described we're we're post-gaming as the preview if you love integrity i think you will really enjoy this uh conversation we had if you don't like integrity i urge you to listen to it because i think you'll enjoy the conversation if you've never heard integrity i think you'll actually come away from it being very curious to hear this music
1: yeah there's no doubt it, it i was uh i didn't know what to expect from this fella uh it's kind of a larger than life figure in what we do And uh, he was uh, open. Uh, He was honest. Uh, So far as I know, you know, I can't fact check people in real time, but, but he was, uh, uh, he, he basically supplied what you'd want from an interviewee and, and we don't consider ourselves. uh, He called us journalists at one point, at which point I I had to restrain myself. Uh, But uh, he, uh, you you know, we, we try to do interviews in such a way that we just ask questions that would be, kind of germane to us in the in in the conversation you know like we don't walk in with too much uh, preloaded uh and hopefully we arrive at something worthwhile in that and i think we did this time yeah
3: it was very conversational because it's hard to like not make it like so you're born in 19 whatever in the farmlands outside 30 mi- 30 minutes outside of muncie
2: <laughs> and then right. you moved
3: here and then you so and then what right so then
2: what right it's tough Um, and
3: then you don't want to like kind of be like you know i think he's a lot like you pat that it's kind of like i have these records but like i don't really fucking want to talk about like those for tomorrow well necessarily like i'm just psyched on the newest stuff or the stuff that i wrote yesterday as i am about fucking systems overload or you know what i mean like
1: i was Unlike was, unlike me he remembers his song titles though
3: Yes,
2: I
1: was I was impressed with his
2: uh, willingness to just talk about this and that, and kind of follow whatever rabbit holes we led him through. Uh, a truly a truly interesting, cool guy. I uh, yeah, it is. It's always nice to talk to people. Regardless, I I enjoy talking to people um, when we do these interviews, but we we do them uh, rarely for a purpose. Um, because when we do it, we want him to hopefully feel a little special. I think this one felt pretty special, so
3: yeah, he uh, was like super thoughtful. Like, he gave you know, like, it wasn't just sort of like the Derek Jeter answer, no, no, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, he was like thinking about stuff, and like, I thought that was kind of cool. And he was just sort of like honest to the point that it was like, Yeah, I never really thought of that. Which to my brain, I was like, You never. How the fuck? You know what I mean? Like yeah, 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 yeah. someone said I got kicked out of indecision because I was on heroin and robbed a photo mat and I still remember that. That would be like a Tuesday in terms of the rumors about yes. integrity. That's true. You know what I'm That's saying? True, like true. and he was just sort of like, Oh, get, really? Like that was about me oh. Odd. <laughs> you know what, I'm I'm curious. what the fuck? Curious. Like, yeah. Oh. But I thought he was a lot of I thought it was cool. He was really open to a lot of stuff. You guys had a lot of great questions. Um. Yeah, yeah. I'm not an interviewer. I'm just kind of like, eh, you No, know.
2: oh, you were great. Um, guys, I didn't say much, but but have either of you ever had Ghost Energy Drink, or is this some brand new shit? Ghost? No,
3: no. Yeah. Is it like <laughs> the fucking band that sounds like uh sounds like Blue Oyster Cult, but looks like fucking no, some black no, I, band?
2: No, I, I my favorite uh women's college basketball team, University of Miami. Uh, is is saying that it's good, so we'll have to follow that. Uh, For everyone else, please enjoy this interview with our new friend, Dwight.
1: Welcome to Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. I'm Tom. And joining us today...
0: I'm Dwight Hellion. Oh, thanks for having me,
1: The man. It's uh it's very very good to have you. Uh I think that a lot of our listeners are gonna be uh both surprised, uh, as you're not you're not like a media darling. You see you only pop up occasionally (laughs) for these sort of things. Uh and just for you uh, they'll appreciate (laughs) it very much. Um uh so uh Bob, I'm gonna let you speak. I just want to make an observation. I'm gonna make an observation go ahead. That is uh Dwid is casual. You know what I mean? Like this is a guy that uh, has a dark, dark sort of uh, persona, but we're chilling <laughs> with the with the casual Dwid, and I'm excited. Oh, for
2: I, well, <laughs> you know what? I think it's uh, you know, uh, you find water finds its level, and Dwid, we appreciate your casualness to be casual with us uh, as we we transmit from uh, literally across the world. Uh, with one person in this room being in Perth and another being in in Belgium. That's right.
0: Yeah, I'm in Belgium, and it's uh about one o'clock in the morning so that might lend itself to my uh calmness but,
2: <laughs> well um we're, we're not gonna get too knee deep in the weeds but we want to talk and, and talk about some of the integrity things and um you got a couple sure. things coming up uh we got yeah. this big one tom new york city why don't you give us the details tom we'll just lead with this that we can just get into the chat chat
3: Sure, sure. So it's uh, Saturday, November twenty sixth. That the Warsaw in Brooklyn, New York. Um, it's End It from Baltimore. All at uh-huh. War from Poughkeepsie. Mm. Uh, Indecision Warthog from Brooklyn and the Almighty Integrity.
2: Hell yeah! Yo, very cool show. And we'll very have two. Cool. T- we'll
3: have tickets to give away.
2: We'll figure out how to give them away, but
3: yeah.
2: Oh yeah! So here's a weird kind of casual intro. How many shows a year do you play with Integrity at this point?
0: Uh, I don't have an exact number. Um, No, no. You know what I mean. Like in a ballpark
2: on any given year.
0: Oh, uh, usually not that many. Um, This year it's been more than usual because I did a European tour uh, last month. And that was about 17 days. So that's a lot for for me. Um, But I I had a great time. I enjoyed it. Uh, Before that, I probably played... um, i don't know maybe 10 or yeah 12 shows before that so what what are the things uh, kind that, of a lot actually for yeah for that's just, D-
2: does that maybe mean,
0: it's making up for the for the for the quarantine
2: <sighs> that's yeah. true hey that's kind of cool um does it when you started playing more shows like do you have any sort of rituals do you have anything you have to do to get yourself geared up to to play shows whether it's 17 on a tour or just a couple because you have a couple coming up i know you're playing toronto this week and then you got new york the following do you is there anything you kind of do in preparation for it
0: uh not really um doing the more shows is it's a fun thing to do but doing less shows is more um i I prefer to do the in and out situation just go and play them and, and then come home and, and work on my other things that I'm working on instead of being gone for like, you know, 17 days in a row. It's is kind of a long time. Yeah. yeah. And with the 17, I had a few days in America right directly before that. So that was kind of a long time, but um, I, I'm not complaining, but uh, I don't, I normally don't have any rituals or anything like that.
2: No. Okay.
0: Well, so, but so after a while, like, you know, the more shows that I played the my voice, I'm lucky in the sense that the more shows that I play, my voice gets better. I don't know why it's like that because a lot of people it goes the other way, but for me it goes better. But it's also it's not like it's turning into Mariah Carey getting better. It's it's turning more gravelly and and, and more uh, more Lemmy, less Mariah Carey. So
2: I mean, I think everybody on this call is all right with that energy, more Lemmy. Yeah, Yeah, but
0: I mean, you know, I was expecting the Mariah Carey, but (laughs) maybe what do
2: you Uh, think i mean in a mariah carey question which i have three hardcore vocalists on the phone call if you had to do a mariah carey song how how much like out of a hundred you can score it out of a hundred how how quality could you do is it 50 oh maybe this is for all three of you one all right patrick
1: yeah, it, well, I was going to go three uh, percent good, but if Dwid's going one, I've, I've I Dwid has definitely got better range than I do. I'm going. Uh, I'll go 0.5. I go. Um,
3: I'll go like 0.75, somewhere
2: in y'all,
1: between. Y'all ain't giving yourselves <laughs> enough credit. You've have you heard Mariah Carey? Like, have you heard us? I, yeah, yeah
2: I know. have, and I you know I get it, but okay, <laughs> um, just
1: kind of getting loose here. Um, well, let me ask you a question, Dwight. Uh, before we go any further, I, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners who keep up with you know that you're a Belgium guy now. But, uh, it, it, if you wouldn't mind telling, how'd you how'd you arrive in Belgium and is, are you feeling it? Is it where you want to die now?
0: I, I haven't really thought about dying, yeah, but thanks for bringing <laughs> that up. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm getting close to those, those years, but um, uh, well, I, I moved here. 20 years ago. And, uh, I've, I've been coming to Belgium off and on since the early nineties on right. tour. And I had a lot of friends that, 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 lived here. And what happened was one of the tours that I did, a friend of mine named Hans from the band liar, yep. which is a, uh, hate thousand band. If yep. your listeners know what that means. And, um, he had just bought a house at the time and said, Hey, I bought this big house and I live there alone and I got no roommates. If you want, after the tour, you can just hang out for as long as you want and just hang out. So I thought, Oh, that'd be a great idea. Cause I never, every time I would tour Europe, I would just go home. I would never think like, Oh, I should go on a holiday. I, I don't know why I never thought about that. And so when he suggested it, I, I took him up on the offer and I stayed there for a while and I liked it. and. Um, there's a lot of other components to it, but I mean, ultimately one of the things was um, living in where I used to live was, was Cleveland. I moved there when I was 16 and um, I moved, I moved away when I was like 30. So um, when I living there, um, it's a small town. So, uh, and there wasn't a lot of people who made records. And so like people were kind of being very, celebratory towards me. And this is also going to sound pretty weird, but I got um, frustrated maybe or sick of being treated good. That's a crazy <laughs> gotcha. thing to say, but it's true because I wasn't getting anything done. So like wherever I would go, people, would be, Oh, let's have, you know, some drinks, let's have a good time. And it would just kind into this every day was like that. And nothing was getting accomplished for me. So I thought maybe I could go somewhere else where I don't have anybody who gives a fuck about me and (laughs) I can get some work done. (laughs) It's a a very strange thing to say, but it's kind of part of the truth to to the thing. And then the other thing was staying, um, staying with my friend. Then I eventually met someone and I I got married to her. So
2: very cool. So this is a, a low key, uh, X grand is a hardcore podcast, but we also are, are like a low key geography podcast. Uh, we're super into <laughs> okay. it. Um, but, but so you, you moved to Cleveland when you were 16 and we're not going to like do a, a, a page by page. You were coming from somewhere else in the Midwest. You were like an Indianapolis
0: head. Is uh, that not correct? Indiana. Not, not, not as exciting as Indianapolis. I was in, um, I was in like where there's nothing, just cornfields. Okay. It was um, LaFountain, Indiana. Okay. You never heard of it because uh, there was like maybe 50 people who lived in the whole area. Um, The closest thing that could be relevant to anybody who's old, like some of us, would be that James Dean was from Muncie, which wasn't that far away from there. That was maybe like a 30-minute drive. Wow. DeWitt, I,
1: I like, I like any time that you, you got to say our claim to fame is something in 30 minutes away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but and so, it's a movie star that no one listening to your podcast was no. ever heard of <laughs> because that's right. he yeah. died before any, even I was born. So and that's hey, DeWitt, th- th-
1: this, uh, you just led to where m- maybe my main question that I had going into <laughs> this, uh, which is about Cleveland, uh, I've been to Cleveland many times, and uh, oh. perhaps per- perhaps I'm uh, perhaps I'm misjudging it. You could tell me, uh, but were you too weird for Cleveland?
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. So, so w- let's let's pull it back because that's <laughs> like a huge, great question, and it's what I want to dig into because Cleveland is this weird kind of place um, in a million different ways, and you've already alluded to this kind of you felt. Like you couldn't be productive. You felt like you're this creative person, but all of a sudden you found yourself in a space where you weren't being able to be as creative as you'd like to be you weren't able to get things done like you said
1: yeah uh, listen he's going i'll, were say, too it. Nice I'll to me. say it yeah, yeah. Lo- lo- local celebrity it, it's you don't need yeah. to say it but that's what it is it's a local celebrity it, it, it happens to all type you could the weatherman on every news channel the same phenomenon you know what i mean it's yeah. just a thing I was definitely closer to city. the
0: weatherman than, 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 than a rock and roll uh <laughs> hero yeah definitely that
2: tell us um, walk us through your Cleveland experience like uh you know obviously it's it's a part of you I guess would you identify that you know like or or do you think it was just kind of this piece of uh, a, a place you were at for a while and this isn't insult thing to the Cleveland people let's not nobody take offense we we got respect <laughs> for you, you
0: know no be- just, beautiful city <laughs> love that well, river I, I think that I I didn't I didn't grow up there. And so because I didn't grow up there, I didn't have probably a lot of the same social cues that the other Cleveland people would have had or or not. I don't know. That's just assumption. But I definitely felt like an outsider, not just because I, I located relocated there when I was uh, 16, but it just always it, it never felt um, like I, I was part of the the community right. uh, in the musical community or the underground community i mean i was always an outcast but it, even in the outcast scene i was an outcast in there so it was a uh, unusual uh, so 16 situation. is a hell of a time as someone who
2: moved when i was you know six and then 12 16 is a hell of a time to move that's raw was that yeah. your
0: experience It wasn't really that bad for me to move at that time because that time was, uh, a pretty, uh, hot time for, for underground music at the same during that same time. So there was a lot of, in fact, like I could tell you some strange stories, like the girl who lived across directly across the street, like my driveway ended the next driveway across the street was my friend Kelly Ulrich. And she had, um, Uh, A house that had a swimming pool and and a big uh, backyard, and youth of today would go there every couple of months and just play in her backyard for free. (laughs) Amazing. So, yeah, it wasn't like difficult to live in 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 in, as a sixteen year old guy who liked underground music. In my neighborhood was pretty accommodating unbelievably accommodating really
2: let's say so youth of today rolling up next door is uh, is a unique experience
0: but when cool youth Party. of today roll up it's like you know the circus is rolling up so it's not just youth of today they open it's like you know all these other bands are coming out like a clown car and i mean that in, in a good way <laughs> mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. But, you know, like Gorilla Biscuits is popping out, too. And then, oh, Beyond is with them. And, uh, you know, and then they have 500 other bands that they did on the side, and Judge and Project X and, and so forth. So I got to see all of those bands, like, in my front yard, not yeah. my backyard. <laughs> but, uh.
2: <laughs> so so here's a, a question, because, like, uh, given the timing of Integrity starting and given your age range, how old are you when that's happening? 17, 16, 17, 18?
0: Yeah, it's shortly after I moved there, almost immediately after I moved there.
2: How influential was that stuff? Was that like the youth crew scene on you at that time? And I mean, you know, to to the world that you were entering in Cleveland and, and the people you were around, because it's not like I, some people who listen to Axe Grind know this way more than anyone speaking does. But Cleveland was a, a punk scene way before that but it seemed like yeah. the, the straight edge stuff coming out in New York had a pretty big influence for a minute there.
0: Yeah, so I'll have to rewind just a little bit. So I, I lived, prior to living in Cleveland, I lived in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, wow. And in Louisville, Kentucky, I have another, but this time a backyard story. So in my backyard, there was a church that did like, uh, that had a had rec hall where you could rent it out and have weddings or you could have, a party, whatever you wanted. And the local kids rented it out. This band called Maurice, they rented it out and had Sam Hain play there. So in my backyard, wow. Sam Hain played with uh, <laughs> Maurice, who became who broke up and then they became Slint and King Horse. So they became okay. two different oh, bands. God. Wow. So, yeah. And those were the local kids from my uh, scene down there. And maybe I felt more of a kinship with them, probably because I came from Indiana. Then I moved to louisville and then when i went to louisville uh it was kind of like um like suburbia or one of these kinds of like old punk movies if right. Yeah, yeah. where everybody had like punk names and stuff like that's yep. how i have this nickname and like sure. the guy from uh maurice and later on king horse his nickname was rat and you know everybody had these kind of punk names guys had spike there so their name was spike and you know <laughs> stuff like that but i was like 13 uh at the time so when i when i first moved there
2: and that kind of sets you up so so you kind of you were already pretty indoctrinated to the whole world of it and then you go to cleveland and it's a different energy is that right
0: yeah, that's what I was going to go with is that they had more of a darker uh, horror vibe, you know, because they were into, because Maurice was a lot like uh, Sam Hain, not ex- identical or anything, but it had that horror punk thing mm-hmm. uh, similar to Sam Hain. And that um, and was really into that. And I was really into Septic Death, uh, Pusshead's band. And I was really into Gizm, this Japanese band. And those were bands that I really loved at that time. And then when I moved to Cleveland, just, and I don't know how the, the universe aligned that way that my next door neighbor would have concerts in her backyard. Uh, and then I got to meet people who had bands and became friends with them and saw that, you know, even it, anybody could have a band and, and, you know, that was their, I mean, I'm not saying anybody could have a band cause they had a band, but I mean, they would inspire people to be like, Hey, you can do it too. And they're that kind of, the, that type of guys, you know, yeah. Yeah, inspiring yeah. people, and especially young people. I, I'm a lot younger than those guys, or at least it seemed like it. Probably now it's just a couple of years, but at that time, you know. Uh, oh, it's, we talk years years about the, seems like a million
2: years. We talk Gosh. about that all the time. If you're if you're 16 and someone's 21, they might as well be a full grown adult. But then you fast <laughs> forward 10 years, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you know, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, what's do? the difference? COVID, whatever, who cares? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, we had, we, This is a a heavier question than I had had anticipated asking you today, but uh, now obviously you're a grown man, different, I'm sure people go through changes in their life, but you're always been controversial, right? Like some people love you. Some people don't love you. Right. I don't, what you're giving me right now in, in the last 10 minutes is nothing for anybody to dislike, right? Like you just seem like a casual ass, fun ass dude so my question to you is have you did you used to be more of a provocateur than you are today uh d- did you go through a major change at some point personality wise or have are you just one of those fellas as as I believe I am where sometimes people just read you wrong and don't understand your tone
0: uh, I'd say a mixture of all of those things um there are some people I, I would I would probably define it something like this the people who I used to have a friendship with, but now they don't like me. Oftentimes that stems from the fact that I'm, um, it's going to be difficult to say this without sounding like an ass, but, uh, I'm uh, one of the, my most important skill that I have is that I'm resourceful and, I'm not a talented musician as people who listen to the records can tell but I'm able to like figure out reverse engineer what I think is supposed to be done and then I do my own thing and to some people they like that other people don't like it most people don't like it of course you know of of the music listening uh, community sure. but there are enough people that that listen to it and enjoy it that I can continue to do it but um Early on, I, I learned how to print T-shirts, how to do graphic art, learned how to draw, and all kinds of different skill sets like that. And the a lot of the people that lived in Cleveland didn't have those skill sets. And so they would say, hey, will you do this for me? Sure. Hey, will you do it again for me? Mm, okay. Hey, will you do it for me every fucking day for the rest of your life for free, and then awesome. I'll talk shit about you. No, nah, no, nah. you can figure it out yourself. I helped you, you know, get in your nest. Now it's time for the bird to fly on his own. You're a fucking asshole. How dare you not do this for me for free for the rest of your life while you have your own life to do your own stuff? What an asshole. And a lot of it comes down to that type of thought. You know, there's, I can name dozens of people who that category would uh, apply to.
2: I mean, that's, that's such a, I uh I like the way that you described yourself on the resourceful tip. It's also a skills tip because you, you went through that. That is a familiar feeling for anyone who's found themselves in those spots and and unfortunately, I do think that's something that you see in the you know music underground communities, uh, places where people are trying to do things and there's creative people um do you think that that has been something? that has persisted as you've continued or is it something that you're seeing change as you've gotten older? Um, you know what I mean? Is that something you've, or is something you've learned to like avoid and kind of curtail interactions with that type of energy?
0: Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have like a, a, a mathematic equation to how many chances I'll give someone in that right uh, type of thing. But unfortunately I have this, ailment where I do try to help people it's like a sickness I think like a disease <laughs> and I expect in my in my head that they're gonna like okay here's the ball you go like this with your hand it bounces and it catch it again then do it again and then you can shoot it into the into yeah the LeBron James hoop, here we go and then you're playing <laughs> basketball yeah. and then they just don't get it and then okay I'll show you again And then they still don't get it and then they get frustrated that I'm not going to dunk for them every every time and it's a weird thing but yeah that that always happens it still happens to this day and i still i don't know i wouldn't say i fall for it because i i like to imagine that i'm uh inspiring other people to continue forward but maybe uh maybe i, I i've given uh maybe i shouldn't have given the help you know maybe that would have given them a hunger Actually, I had I had lunch with a friend of mine this morning, uh, my friend Colin from the band Amon Ra. And mm-hmm. often we have lunches and just talk about weird things like similar to this. And one thing we talked about was how it seems that there are a lot of younger people nowadays, but in, in the past as well, who don't have that kind of um, creative hunger because they're not creatively bored And we kind of equated it. Maybe it's because everybody has uh, these devices and they can be entertained at all times. Whereas for me, as we discussed earlier, I grew up on a fucking farm in the middle of nowhere and I had nothing. I had no phones, no internet, none of that stuff existed. All I had was my imagination. And so like, you know, like in a Sylvester Stallone movie, I would like train my imagination uh, to to be to escape that fucking farm to go to places that i you know all i could see and i if you ever been to indiana it's very mm-hmm. flat terrain so i could look from my age you know i'm like 6 years old i remember like looking and all i could see forever was just cornfields and trees and nothing and i'd yeah, look around uh, 360 degrees there's nothing but i'd watch tv and see these castles with vampires and you know whatever that you see on like space and stuff <laughs> and i would think there has to be in skyscraper there has to be more than what i'm seeing but i'm here and this is all i'm seeing you know and uh so that would that inspired me to to work on my imagination and and, and learn how to draw and and other things like that then that was an escape for me and music was is an escape for me too and and all of this stuff is just you know like creating a uh alternate universe for me to uh i guess to 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 hide in or, or to explore or I mean, both
2: right and i mean i think that's kind of the 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 fun thing of creativity is um part of the enjoyment is the actual making of the the thing the creation yeah. and then the other part is is being able to kind of sit in and live in that thing that you've now created and and explore it etc and I kind of want to tie that into talking you know about about integrity and, and what have you but, um, but
0: but before you go further let me no, let me yeah. go back to your first question was I a, a, a a bastard uh punk rock kind of kid yeah absolutely you know and and do people hate me or did people hate me because of that probably definitely you know i it wasn't like i was the easiest guy to get along with either i was you know into punk rock and and heavy metal and and hardcore music and causing trouble so i'm sure that that probably rubbed a lot of people the wrong way as well i don't want to paint myself out to be a saint that's <laughs> that's uh, misunderstood or something because that's definitely not not the truth either
2: you know so, life is uh, patrick says this often life is long and i appreciate that um I, I have to imagine that there's been folks that you've gotten on with well and then as as these punk rock attitudes go as all of us have them. They, they sometimes things get in the way. Have you found in your, your life that you've been able to reconnect and the people who've had value where you can go, yeah, man, we were, we were shitty kids, huh? Yeah, man, you pissed me off for a decade. Yeah. You, so did I. All right. And, and get on. Have you found that kind of thing for yourself?
0: Uh, In a few cases, but the, the one, the, the, maybe the one person that that brings that up in my mind when you say that it would be Aaron Melnick, but it isn't that we were uh, enemy. Aaron Melnick was the first guitar player for integrity, but uh, he and I weren't enemies, uh, but um, we weren't really talking for very much for a long time. And lately in the past few years, we talk all the time and, um, and it's, he, he also you said was like too weird for Cleveland well he also was too weird for <laughs> Cleveland he he came all he wasn't from Cleveland either. he's from uh, he was born in in London mm-hmm. and um so he and I were both kind of uh outcasts in the outcast community and we met each other because um, we liked weird music and at that mm-hmm. time I don't know if, if any of you guys are. Uh, close to close to my age, but in in the eighties, if you liked a lot of music, that wasn't okay. That was taboo. If you were like, I like, I like this fucking, I like this Slayer record. I like this NWA record that just came out. Mm -hmm. And I like, uh, you know, this Japanese band and I like pot house or Christian death. And I like, Mm -hmm. you know, all the different, different things like that, the cure whatever. Um, that was that was not okay and people would be furiously pissed if you're a poser (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's
2: it's i i will say that i feel lucky uh to have grown up in a like a weird microcosm where it was cool to like different types of punk music because I, I didn't know anything else. Like you could like all, yeah, like uh, to me, I thought, yeah, I love you to today, but I sh- uh, should also know what New Wave is and I should know these ska bands and all that stuff and, you know, know the the metal classics. But that seems like something that right now we're seeing a broad spectrum. Younger people really have kind of this open ear to different types of music and, and it's yeah. less...
3: frowned upon
2: yeah it's less it's less people are less card catalog and i fit this section only you know yeah um do you think for yourself for a you know for for because you you don't you haven't just done integrity i know you've done other musical projects do you think that's something that that you appreciate do you think that's something that helps you um in terms of people discovering your music
0: uh i don't know if i would would want to answer it that way but what i would like to say is that i think that it's great that as much as spotify doesn't uh accommodate the musicians uh, <laughs> or, or compensate them either what what is a great quality is the fact that young people go in there and they put on whatever whatever something that's popular is you know the most po- number one hit on the radio right now and then For some reason, it will just decide to play maybe um, Beastie Boys Fight for Your Right to Party. And then maybe because of that, it'll play like, oh, there was some guitar. Oh, we're going to play Slayer. And then from Slayer, maybe it plays Entombed. And then maybe it goes from there to Misfits. And then who knows where it's fucking going. And I think that there are young people, I hope that there are young people who are like, this is all the fucking same, you know, this is all, I mean, this is all music that I can enjoy. There's no boundaries to it. There's no segregation to music and I can enjoy all this as much as I want, or this one sucks, but all these other ones are good or they all suck, but this one is good. And they might find something that's like a hidden gem that they never would have found without that, uh, that, uh, resource. Yeah. I hate that I'm sounding like I'm doing a commercial for them because <laughs> I'm not a big fan of it. But no, no. Most no, of the no. music I like isn't even on the damn thing. But um,
2: no, we we we've got some yeah. YouTube music heads over here for uh, that because, but, but not but to put that out for that, to that yeah. too.
0: Yeah. It, it takes you down, uh, down, down a. Uh, uh, Rabbit hole, I think is the yeah. term. And then yep. you find out different things. You're like and it happens to me sometimes as well. I'm like, wow, this is
1: pretty cool. And
0: yeah. like the uh, we were talking about the concert I went to tonight, um, clipping with eviction and uh with I'm a fan of this band White House, which was like a noise band from Power Electronics noise band from, from the UK. And this clipping uh band, they sampled a White House song. That actually was written about my friend, Andy Kapper, uh, called Wriggle Like an Eel. And they sampled that and then rap over it. And I thought that was totally insane. And that's how I found out about them was somehow with White House. And then it connected to that. And then I you, you, couldn't you, you, believe you know. that a rap band had fucking White House sample. I don't know if you guys know what that means, White it, House. Yeah, but-
1: it, 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 it was funny when you said that. I When you said they sampled White House, I was going to say, how could you fucking tell? And then... <laughs> Okay. but but wriggle like an eel is the, is the is the white house song that has like a bona fide almost chorus sort so, sort of hit yeah so, so so yeah a lot of their songs do though a lot of their songs have
0: vocals that have there's really vocal uh heavy stuff you know like they have like well i, I don't know if i can even say it on your podcast mostly of the lyrics so i won't try but yeah. you know um, <laughs> mostly like um, sexual well, stuff and
1: yes yeah. you know, so, uh is, is Sotos, uh it? uh push the limit which is actually what I wanted to talk to you about uh now you have a persona that people in music either assign to you or you assign to yourself and that's my question is all those years where integrity was this mythological act and you were kind of uh inaccessible in some ways and and uh, a, a matter of fascination for people in the hardcore scene uh was that you drawing on that resourcefulness that you talked about earlier and that's a persona that you created or was it just a thing that kind of rolled out of control and you just didn't get in its way you didn't dispel the, the, the thing once it was in motion or, or were you were you the Sv- svengali uh you know <laughs> a, a Machiavellian sort of guy creating because now in, in 2022 there's people that would pay for you to give them, uh, the secret sauce of, of, uh, to, to kind of have this, uh, aura around you for how so to generate years. that. Right. Sure. Yeah. 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 So was that, was that intentional on your end or was it just a, a weird you, like, circumstance? Lean into it. Yeah. Yeah. And did you lean
0: into it? Well, I, I, I didn't know about that for a long time because Mm. there was no internet, you know? So all of these kinds of um, uh, perceptions would take place out of my range, you know, like people in different neighborhoods, different States or wherever they were. And they would say, Oh, I heard this. I heard that. And I don't know how a lot of that started. Obviously I did do a lot of crazy things too. And some of them, maybe the true stuff is even weirder than, than the rumors <laughs> but it when i said resourcefulness i meant more in like skill set rather than mm-hmm. uh like some kind of like way to manipulate marketing but i was interested in marketing and making shirts and and making stickers and things like that and i still am but i didn't I, you know the truth is like i don't really if i wish that i wish that, that was true because ultimately like Most people just totally misunderstand me and think that I'm that the band is like just most people that I come up to um, who are wrong, very wrong about the band, think that the band is just like hardcore 101, like, hey, let's do the, you know, like really basic hardcore um, Mm. anthem type thing. And I am confused. Me too. Beyond belief that so many people say that to me. I mean they don't say it in the way I'm saying it but that's the way they say it to me. You know like that's the interpretation that I get out of it. Huh. And I'm always confused by that and they're like sometimes they'll be like oh people say that you have some metal influence but I don't even hear that. And when I and also a lot of people say oh you know you guys were like the something of hardcore some kind of pioneers of hardcore. But I never felt that because when our first album came out those for tomorrow there were people who made zines and this this could have been if i did it I, I wish i did it but i didn't <laughs> people would go to kinkos and make their own zines just to say not to buy the record because it was ruining hardcore and it had solos oh, and it had <laughs> weird lyrics that we don't understand and they would like go on these like manifesto diatribes about why people shouldn't listen to that album and i mean that i wish i had control over that other than being on the album that offended them so deeply that they had to go to that extra mile to do that. I mean, that's just like, that would be brilliant marketing on my behalf if I did it, but sadly <laughs> I didn't do it.
2: <laughs> An extension a blood, blood book. I wish I it could take extension. It. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like once. So, so I thought you said something really interesting. Um, well, thanks. Once, you're welcome. Once you one thing, yeah, a few. What once you started getting that kind of, you know, the circuit back and hearing these things about yourself, good, bad, indifferent, was that a Usually weird experience? Bad. Yeah, was that a weird experience to feel it and go, huh? Like, and, and and did you feel any sort of desire or impulse to to push back on those things, or just like, what can I do?
0: Well, there isn't really a a forum to dispel rumors Uh, at that time, at least there wasn't. And I also just didn't really care what people thought about me. I was just doing what I wanted to. And I was calloused by that point by so many people being unhappy with my music and unhappy with my lyrics and unhappy with the artwork and all of that, all of that stuff, they were they were angry about uh, because it wasn't conforming. It was the weird, the thing that was confused, a few things were very confusing to me. uh, One of which uh, I thought that this kind of music was for non-conformists, but then it turned into that you had to follow the rules and you had to conform to everything. I also thought that when you made a record or made a song that you were supposed to take elements and inspiration from things that you liked or things that you felt would work with the songs and incorporate that into the creation of the song that you're working on whether it be lyrics whether it be the music whether it be even inspiration from outside sources that are unrelated to, to sonic uh, creativity and then i was told "Well, that's absolutely not okay how dare you fucking do that? <laughs> what the fuck? And people would get like really, really offended by that. And it was weird because in my mind, I didn't want to just make the same something somebody else's songs over and over and over again. I wanted to make something I wanted to hear, but put in a little bit of this and a little bit of that from some things that I like too, you know? So I thought that that was the way you were supposed to create songs. But uh, I guess I was wrong, or maybe not. I don't know because I've, no, I've been I mean, able to I, do it for I a think, long time. I think time.
2: you've provably yeah provably you ended up being re- right right on that one yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: for sure. Um, that's what they call proof of concept. On uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but that's a weird that's a weird way that other people were thinking about it, and it would yeah. seem like the majority were thinking of it that way. And also, if you did anything that that deterred from what the path that everybody else wanted to take, people would be really upset and like even to the point of violence and it was really crazy to me and so um i think that maybe because i lived alone most of my early childhood and i just lived in my own imagination that i wasn't able to integrate so well with the other people and that's became to some people maybe hey that's refreshing and interesting and to other people Hey, that's, that's, uh, something that we don't like. That's something that's threatening the, the system that we have safely built around us. And maybe people will start to, you know, question, you know, what we're doing or I don't know. I I don't really know an answer to this. This I never really thought about it, but. Uh, yeah. And also probably because I have a weird nickname, it's easy to, you know, pin, pin a weird rumor onto me. Also, sometimes like, it's see, I've I've noticed in my life, like if I go out when I was younger, if I would go out with friends, if another person would do something, it would always be, I did it (laughs) to the other, you know, to the, to the rumor mills. He did it because I was present or even in the in, in the area code. So, uh, you know, you that, that would
1: often happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, okay. Uh, expanding on that a little bit, uh, the, do you get, do you get any joy in deconstructing that persona at this point in your life? You know, like it, it's, uh, uh, as we get older, there's some fun in in uh turning away from the things that uh people know us from like it, it do you get like in the same respect that you moved away from cleveland because uh you just didn't want to be treated any differently and you kind of wanted to be anonymous is the you know uh dwid is a a, a animal sacrificing vampire uh, is is that, is that is that the rumor? I haven't heard that one. <laughs> and that's a new one. We're we're starting it right here. So oh, you guys started <laughs> that one. Thanks. It, is that stuff that you are uh, that you find joy in dispelling, or do you still find yourself leaning in? Because you know, there's there's a shirt that uh, uh, I've only seen. You know, it's a TikTok sort of shirt, but it's. Uh, whatever you heard about me, just believe that shit and keep moving. You know what I mean? Do you have that attitude or is there some joy in kind of uh, uh, telling the truth on these things and saying, listen, I wasn't the animal sacrifice. That was Melnick you know what I mean? or whatever <laughs> what, 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 whatever it is. <laughs>
0: We definitely did an animal sacrifice. Okay. <laughs> You're you, you just
1: giving a
2: hypothetical and you make it things yeah. difficult for our yeah. man here. Um, no, uh,
0: I, I don't know. I mean, that's something that's everybody has their own kind of ideas. And sometimes they're ideas that are uh, based in some truth. And sometimes they're based in truth. And sometimes they're absolute fabric fabrications. Um, I don't have a joy or, or anything to any of it. I, I guess I find it a bit annoying, all of it, and uh, I don't know. It's it's yeah. a weird thing. I don't I don't really know how to answer. I never thought about it before. Maybe if I if I sat with it and thought about it a little bit, I might have a
1: no. Do, do I, I will not, say that I'm
0: frustrated when people uh, misunderstand the band and think like the band is the wrong. Yeah, you know, I, I hate I hate the classification of music anyways I think that that's lazy journalism no offense to you guys as journalists but you know
1: oh please come on (laughs) but I think that you know
0: when you're like hey this music is that it's never just that a few times it might be but generally you know people put their own hearts and their own souls from all kinds of inspiration and just to call something one thing seems to be uh limiting you know constricting to me so I always tried my almost always tried uh to explain to people that it, that wasn't the case and i've never been able to convince anybody uh, otherwise from that argument <laughs> you, you know
2: even just from this conversation it's uh, it's really clear, and maybe this is something you you know. Sure, let me finish think.
0: it for you. Don't? It's really clear that I'm a difficult bastard, and now you know why everybody hates me. And that's it makes Patrick. Sense. I'm gonna answer my answer, question right? no.
2: no, but I was gonna say that you're, you're, you're you. someone who's truly no, it's, it's good. You're truly passionate about music. You love yeah. music, and and it's something there does it bring you any uh, we're, we keep talking about bringing you joy apparently we're really invested in you feeling happy and joyful um thank you but but um you know you mentioned you mentioned gizm earlier I yes. think that integrity is largely responsible for exposing a lot of kids in the United States to Japanese hardcore and that's just one aspect and I think that it's fun. I, I don't know. I guess maybe it's the Humanities. The Devil Thanks list has like a list of bands. Does the list of bands and inspirations kind of deal? I'm not sure if that's the right one, but I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that something you ever, you know, do you do you think, man, I'm glad that happened. That's cool. That That's like a fun kind of runoff benefit of people consuming my art is that I'm exposing them to other stuff that I love.
0: if that's true that's yeah that's that's great and and i'm fine with it i don't know if i'm necessarily uh responsible for that but um i i hope that i've uh, helped people f- discover bands like geeseam that would be cool um you du-
1: know I, I
0: love them I- since i was a kid and they were a source of great inspiration for me so for other people to be able to enjoy it that's that's fantastic
1: dwid du- i am uh, really fascinated by an aspect of your personality that I've just picked up in this short time together, which is you. It, this might be the cornfield thing here, but you are <laughs> children of the you, corn. <laughs> you might you are really shockingly not invested in other people's view of you, and, and I am really like I, I didn't expect you to be up on every fucking thing on the internet, but it really speaks to your pre-internet. Sort of existence and also like maybe a childhood of of being by yourself. But the way that you respond to our questions of being like, oh, that would be interesting. I hadn't thought about how that person would perceive me, or I hadn't thought about that. That's like that is a world of difference from a lot of people that we talk to who are very cognizant of how every person on the internet perceives them or thinks of them. And when I talk to particularly young bands, they are living in other people's view of them, You know what I mean? Like they are kind of like, cannot separate it from what they're doing, but this is, this conversation is proven fascinating because you really, either you do not give a shit or you have insulated yourself from it enough that it's just not part of your purview, which is just a fascinating observation. I'm having. <laughs> I
0: don't, um, I, I just don't, have much use for other people's opinion on on me because i i went into this kind of music knowing that i wasn't going to win uh, a grammy i wasn't going to be in the top 40 i wasn't going to you know any of that type of thing so when people would say hey this sucks i would say yeah i'm sure you think it sucks whatever I don't care. I'm going to do it because I like it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I expect people to think that it's not their taste because it's not. I mean, there's like not even one percent of the world's population likes this kind of music. I'm sure. So, I don't. I don't know what the percentages are, but I'm sure it's very, very (laughs) minuscule. That that you know, of all the people on the planet. So I was prepared going into this to know that it wasn't going to be a people pleasing thing. And I wasn't doing it to please people. I was doing it to please myself and to make something that I would like to listen to. And if other people also liked it, that's great. And if they didn't like it, that's great too. Maybe even better that they were mad about it. I don't know.
2: (laughs) So uh, I was going to ask because of that, that kind of comment, um, When you think about the Integrity catalog, the records you've done, are there any that come to mind as a personal favorite that didn't connect with people the way you, not the way you'd think? Because I, you know, but are there any personal favorites that that seem like no one, you don't hear others bring up to you?
0: Of the albums. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't kind of, I, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, no, no offense to your question. I don't mean I don't no, care. No, about no, 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 no. It's totally fine. I don't care what people think about the records in that regard. Let's, like let's throw it out before, there. Some people will like it. Some people won't like it. But even when people are like, "Hey, I love the record," cool, but I'm not really like getting like light on my feet because sure. you're saying. That. I mean, that's great, and I appreciate it, but it's not like that's not why I made the records. And a lot of the records are made because of like self exorcisms and things like this you know trying to make myself feel also you know better to get through things emotional things and um and to make music that i want to hear hear things sonically that i haven't experienced either uh alone or together in a song structure and things like that i I like that and i uh, yeah i also have this project called Psy warfare which is like people are mm-hmm. a lot of times people have said oh i hate this it sounds like noise yeah when i was a kid my gram it is noise and that's what it's supposed to be And you're probably supposed to hate it too but i like it i don't care when i was a kid and my grandparents or my parents would hear like a misfits or a black flag record they would be like ah this sounds like you know just crazy static to them and, and screaming and all kinds of madness. And I always wanted to make that kind of music, you know, what my, what they interpreted those bands sounding like, but you know, it's a much more extreme interpretation through their own imagination, through their, their filters and their ears and their minds. And they, they were interpreting it as like this is going to destroy the youth of the world and everybody's going to be on fire and that's what I was hoping to try to achieve. So I never really got lucky enough to do that. But uh,
2: so, so, so let me reframe my question if you don't mind, because yeah, uh, I probably meandered there, but it is no, no, late no, it, was, just, it was good <laughs> and you've been toned. No, but it,
0: it's I'm I'm right. just joking with you. Please don't take me seriously. No, of, that, course, so. of course,
2: I would say then. When you think about it, because I, I I agree, I think there's a funny and this is not meant to sound dismissive or or the, the people I know who've made the best music quite often enjoy the music they've made and they might be able to connect with it or it might resonate in different ways. And some people might think it's masturbatory to listen to your own music. But I'd say if you're making music you don't like to listen to, you're, you're probably not making good music.
0: Yeah why would you fucking make music that you don't want to listen to? That's also something that people have tried to like guilt me for, uh, for, for all of my life is like, how dare you like the music that you're making? Should I make music that I hate? Why the fuck would I do that? Why would I waste all my time to make music that I don't want to hear? I'm making it. So I want to hear it, you know, that doesn't make any sense, you know? And, it's just totally, that's, that's crazy to me. When but I'm, maybe I'm seeing everything backwards. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's probably the fact that I, I am seeing things the, the wrong way. And and I don't know.
3: No, I think no. the other way is like false humility. I think like you need to be in your favorite band. Like, you yeah. should be. If you're not, then you're no wasting doubt. your
0: time and everyone's time. Right. People that say
3: like they don't listen to their own stuff. Patrick. Ex- excluded because Patrick's a weirdo, but I think most people go home and listen to their own shit and be like, "This is great. i, I We made this." Like I think th- they're lying if they say otherwise.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I don't do a lot of patting myself on the no, back. No, no, no. But, but but I do enjoy enjoy it. You know? it right. So it's yeah. I guess there's a there's a balance to it, you know. But uh
1: well, well that actually is that's my next question. Is I, I was having a hard time based on how you're talking about your music, I couldn't determine for myself. If you look at each project, each each uh, album, as a thing that you did because it was meaningful to you at that time, and now you leave it in the past, or you don't examine it, you don't look at it with a critical eye. Or if you, in fact, revisit old work and say, this stands up, I like this, or I hate this, I would have done this differently. Uh, both are valid uh, both are valid ways to Conduct yourself with music I tend to look at everything as Just something I did And now it's on to the next thing But are you uh, are, When you As you said you, you exercise these things from you And then it's, it's it, Is it then you move on to the next The next exorcism Or is it uh, Yeah you can look at your own catalog And have strong and definite opinions About each piece of work
0: Well, that's a, a complex question um one part of it i could answer by saying i was lucky enough during the covid um quarantine to be able to get the rights back to my early albums uh, oh, when victory wow. sold them the the the, um, the label to to uh, uh well, Concord, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got all the rights back to my albums and I could have just put them out as is, but I also had the master reels. So I thought, well, I'm gonna fix them up a bit, you know, because I can. So I tinkered around with Arthur Risk and we made some adjustments to some things that I thought were quiet. And then I, I knew that there were some extra solos here and there that never made it to the cut. And we also worked on a really um limited budget at the time, uh, on all those records. So we would run out of money and, um, we'd have to just, yeah, it's done. It and, and right. Here. We could have, we could have, uh, worked on it a little longer and could have come up with something that we would have been more, more proud of, but you know, that's how it worked out. But I was afforded the luxury of being able to go inside those old recordings and find the things that, that were, were lost and uh, maybe forgotten and also raise some levels and different things like that. And um, so that was a rewarding thing. And I I guess that might be answering what you were saying about looking at the old uh, songs and, and uh, saying, Hey, could I have done this better? Uh, And and there's like, there's an album that I did called seasons in the size of days. Mm. And that was uh, an album where we ran out of money uh, quicker than we thought before we were getting to the mix. And so the engineer at the studio said, Hey, you know, all your other records, I gave you guys a lot of free hours because I felt bad for you guys. But at this point, you know, I know that the label is making money off you and they're not sharing it with you. And that sucks, but I can't just keep, you know, uh, giving giving you free labor hours. So we're going to have to wrap it up. And so the record came out very dull. And the new version that's coming out uh, next year has a lot of things that were muddy, I guess would be the way to say it, that the mix was muddy. So there was a lot of things that were blurry that you couldn't, you couldn't hear them. And we were able to bring those out. And uh, after I'll, I'll reference Aaron Melnick again. And when Aaron Melnick heard the the new uh, mix of that album, he said, wow, that his, his favorite album that, he and I did together was always those for tomorrow but when he heard that uh, that mix he said this is my favorite now and a lot of people I I, I think will maybe find it uh, enjoyable to hear I mean it's sort of like you know taking a VHS tape and then putting it now as a 4K uh, DVD or sure. if, if a DVD is a thing now in 2020 <laughs> I don't know <laughs> um, so
2: I, I'm, you know, you you opened the door here on the victory stuff. Was that relationship <laughs> oh. ever positive? Did it ever feel good? Was it always weird? Was it always tense? Like with the with the benefit of hindsight, what was that relationship?
0: There would be a few times where there would be friendly interactions, things like that. But when it came to business things, it, it was always uh, very difficult uh, to get the things uh, to get things accomplished. Um, Mm -hmm. so, but at the same time, maybe uh, for the same reason that I moved away from Cleveland, maybe I'm a person that needs, uh, adversity in order to find the energy and the fuel to, to go forward. And maybe that somehow fueled, me to keep going forward with it i don't know or right. maybe if i would have had a more supportive record company i could have done more uh, right and i mean more creatively i don't mean success or whatever
2: right but yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, like, yeah yeah more uh, creatively with the records
2: yeah, yeah I mean, it's right. it's it's just it's hard when you hear that the like the running out of a budget because uh as all three of us were present in the 90s to to it wasn't like people didn't care about integrity. And when you were putting out a new record, people cared or people were interested at the very bare minimum, curious to hear what this was. And to hear that that was something where you were saying, Hey, not just on one record, but these records, we were coming up against the wall of a budget. And you know, that's, that's just a bummer to hear.
0: I think that our budget was a thousand bucks a record. And to be able to do that in the (laughs) nineties was near impossible. Yes so i don't i think nowadays because you can do it in your computers and things maybe it's really low but back then the only people that were recording were like you know when i first started the people who were recording were like glam bands you know like yeah. cock rock bands sure. and like they, they would have to pay a lot or a lot of RB artists in in cleveland that was a popular uh style of music at the time and <clears throat> you know they were accustomed the studios were accustomed to getting these huge paychecks. Hmm. So the only reason that we were able to record at all was we were friends with some cover band, cock rock bands who would just basically like go, they would they would play live and they would do like Poison and Bon Jovi and uh, Motley Crew and whatever covers. And yeah. maybe they'd have one or two originals and then they would save up the money from their merch and then go to a recording studio, record the covers and make a cassette. There'll be all the covers and maybe one original and then sell it to their fans who are like teenage girls and stuff. And these guys were like, maybe you could get in with those guys especially because you have a record deal maybe they will let you record because we tried to go to other studios and they were like fuck no we won't record this shit who would <laughs> who would want to make music like this you know and eventually this guy was like yeah i've never made a real record so let's do it you know amazing and that was uh that was a, that was a nice gesture of him because at the time it was definitely not uh accommodating for this type of music I'm Studios a, were not accommodating for sure. this type of music in that time I'm, period.
1: I'm excited about. it I did not know about the plans for the uh, uh, seasons. Uh, uh, I guess remaster, <laughs> like remaster mix yeah. rather. Uh, yeah. I was not aware of that. Uh, I'm that guy that thought that that record. I share your opinion of that record, which I'm glad you said, so I don't have to feel weird about it. it it's that's a good record that's buried, and it yeah, will be. It's muddy. <laughs> yeah so so i'm excited to hear it as maybe you it was intended to be uh that'll be that'll probably knock it up a, a few notches on my integrity, <laughs> my well, integrity so. uh ranking here um so do you, do you
3: want to i mean do you want to talk about um the systems reissue and getting igor on one record and brandon gallagher on the other do, do you even want to talk no, about them? that's no, that's that cool.
0: that's a misconception oh. um uh, Igor and Brandon are on those for tomorrow, but oh, those for tomorrow and Sorry. Systems came out together, and so people thought, "Oh, there uh, the the drummer on uh, Systems was was um, changed," but that's not true. It's only on for Mark, the okay. yeah. Mark Kanupka played drums on Systems, and and his drums are still on on the record. Sure, Okay, Most. but Brandon and Igor played on those for tomorrow, so. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot of people great. have that. A lot of people have asked that same thing. And sure, I can see where they got that. Got uh, it, Pat. Your um, questions are.
1: Uh, no, I don't know which direction I want to go. Dwight, is there anything that is there any other misconceptions you you, you want to address while while you have the floor?
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Uh, uh, I'm sure there's a lot, but uh, <laughs> none of them come to mind. But. Uh, you know, oh, you I'm know, I'm welcome. I'm happy to address whatever you want to throw at. We'll
1: see what we well, do. i well. I'm actually uh you talk a lot about a subject that uh is not nearly you, you appropriately said that it was an issue in the past, and it's not nearly as much an issue for for young people that we talk to, but uh being interested in uh different types of music, being a wide range of music. Um do you feel Now, Integrity has been reiterated many times and you've been able to make it basically anything that you want in that the period that you're doing it, which is an amazing kind of lifelong project and and makes it as fascinating as it is. But is there any type of music that you um, feel too limited as an artist to approach? Like, do you want to do... R and B, and you and you and you're like, uh, I can't fucking do it. Is there anything? Because I'll be honest, as a, as a performer, uh, there's a whole lot of things that I'm unable to touch. And the older that I get, and the more like the broader uh, broader tastes that I have, the more frustrating it is that I can't approach those. Now, you've tried a lot of things. Is there anything that you will not try because you just know it's not? You cannot fucking do it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that there's a lot of styles that I, there's no way I could do it justice. Um, but when you said R&B, we have uh, on, the, on the album Howling for the Nightmare Shall Consume. There's a God. song called String Up My Teeth. And there is a, a, like a, a gospel backup vocal in there. So it's a bit R&B. I don't know I if you heard that me. song. But,
1: uh, I yeah. Well, Dwight, I like the fact that you just said on on, uh, <laughs> on string, string Up My Teeth. There, what, that there is this uh r&b influence that's, yes. that's really those two th- those are not <laughs> s- sentences that typically go together so.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's not a normal quotable uh meme <laughs> of, of phrase is it
2: so well, go on i was gonna ask uh just on a different tip uh you do a lot of visual art you do um Different design as well as illustration. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, yes.
2: Have you explored doing more of that? Have you considered doing more of that? Do you have aspirations to do more of that beyond what you've done? Because I know you've done quite a bit in the music space with it, but have you ventured outside of that?
0: Uh, What do you mean outside of?
2: So you do, I mean, I'm familiar and you know if you have more i would feel really bad but i know you've done lots of album art i know you've done lots of design t-shirt designs and and art for bands but have you ever considered doing uh work outside of that you know whether it's illustrations for your own you know fantasy i mean whatever it is have you ever yeah of course
0: i i draw all the time and um I've done paintings and things like that. Uh, most of that I are you saying do I do I aspire to have a gallery show or something or is that or, or
2: whatever whatever your picture of that is? Like you know No, I, think, I never I thought think... about
0: anything like that. I've been in I've been in some gallery shows throughout the years, but never something that was focused solely on me. I've contributed some smaller artwork yeah. to different kinds of collective exhibitions yeah. yeah but nothing that was just solely mine um usually it, <clears throat> i don't know i think oftentimes it's something that has a charity theme to it not that that was really the motivation or anything but it just turned out that way in the past
2: where is that intersection for you like uh because you obviously are do the music and then the the visual art stuff do those things, are those just two different types of expression of similar ideas or do you get a really different kind of, uh, do you get something different from those two means of expression?
0: No, not really. I think of them in the the same way, but with a different tool. Yeah. And sometimes I think of the way that I do music. I've been told by friends that I look at it very wrong. Uh, which I'm okay with that, but right, you know. Um, I asked like this re- question, initially. Oh, go uh, ahead. Sorry.
2: No, I was going to say I asked this question because um, a band we occasionally reference here is Amoebics, and uh, they're they're an odd band because their visuals and their sound um, become almost this meta relationship to me, and I, I really, I also get that from Integrity, um, where it seems like some of the visuals if not correspond, but there seems to be similar themes and feelings. And 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 to me, one of my favorite things is when you can describe a sound with visual imagery. Um and that's something I I think is interesting, but a lot of people just don't make that connection. And and I, I feel it when I see your music as well as when I see the art with with the albums. I think that's kind of a, a cool thing that you've been able to do. And I don't know if that's by intent or just how it comes out.
0: Well, I mean, I guess in a way it's like synesthesia by putting the visuals where the sound is and the sound where the visuals are, that kind of thing. But at the same time, it's all coming from the same source. It's all coming from the same well of inspiration because I'm trying to visually describe what the album is about without describing it too much. I mean, there also has to be some element of air in it you know uh, i some of my favorite foods like you know when bread has a lot of air in it it has a different taste than like a solid piece of bread and that yeah. air can can lend itself to your taste buds and with music and, and art if there's a little bit of room for you to interact with yourself sure. then you're able to Put your put whatever it is that you're bringing to to the table. Put that into the into the experience, and when you do that, you own it a little bit too, and you also can experience it. And uh, in my in my opinion, in a in a more elevated way, and in a more spiritual way, so that it becomes uh, more of a, I guess, more gospel or, or more, you know, something something personal for you.
1: Or for yeah. whoever,
0: sure. you know, yeah, if, if they want to do that, of course, not everybody wants to do that. But um, but there's the possibility for that, and and I always try to leave enough of that air in the songs and in the artwork. I hope that it allows um, myself because I also like to surprise myself with what I what I'm doing. Because if I just go into it knowing too well, like there was a story about Alfred Hitchcock uh doing making his films and he would always storyboard his films meticulously to the point that when he actually went to shoot the film he was a bit bored because he knew everything that was going to happen and everybody followed what he was saying and he did it, they just did it all perfectly and that doesn't sound rewarding to me i like a little bit of chance in it too and i like a little bit of error and mistakes and ugliness yeah. you know yes.
1: And risk and, risk of failure.
0: Yeah, I don't know about failure, but it just like the, just the chance yeah. of of yeah chaos, or like you know, like Andy Warhol is mainly known for doing his screen printed paintings. And at some point, someone, some journalist asked him, like, "Oh, how can you consider this to be fine art? Because you're screen printing, and screen printing is akin to like a factory just printing, you know." t-shirts or printing posters and and, you know you're just basically just running a machine and that's not art and he says yeah but i'm not very good at screen printing the
1: mistakes (laughs)
0: that's the art
1: that's a good answer (laughs) Perfect. Uh, so uh,
0: i see a little bit of that in in what i do too in the mistakes being uh you know the ugliness becoming the beauty and, and and the flaws becoming uh something that's endearing
1: now now dwid i uh, i know that it's getting late where you're at and i don't want to occupy your whole night but i want to get this question in before uh, whatever we break uh are you are you chilling is that what's up are you are you uh what? At a stage, in, uh, are <laughs> hold you, on, hold on, hold on! You,
2: all that preamble, all that preamble to go, I need to know this before you, you go to bed. Chilling? Are you chilling? <laughs> yes, <laughs> no, here's here's my question. Yes, I am chilling. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> thank you, everybody. Good uh, night. Are you
1: are you at a stage in in your creative life where art is simply a thing that you do, or are you? uh This might be the wrong framing. Are you hungry, or do you have something to prove do you do like when because the reason i ask is because when we're 23 year old men the world is in opposition and it's everything is is i have to prove myself i have to uh do this thing because people second guessed me and i'm going to show them that they're fucking dumb and as you get older your relationship with art tends to change and it tends to become just Uh, an axiomatic uh, uh, assumption that you're going to be doing it, that it's a thing that just comes out of you and talking to you as a guy that seems like you are, it seems from this conversation that you're at a stage in your life where uh, it, you just assume that you're going to be making more things and creating until you die. But there's not the type of, uh, for lack of a better word, like suck a dick world so, so, sort of uh uh confrontational thing is that how you see it or am i putting uh, am i projecting to you right now to it there might be some projection there i mean
0: <laughs> i'm gonna make these things
1: regardless
0: like if i was unable to have a record label want to put out records for me i just put out records myself or i would put them on the internet because you can just do that sure. without any sure. effort and i'm gonna draw regardless and i always drew and i always will draw and if people decide that they don't like this type of music anymore then i'll just keep doing it myself and i don't really i don't really care but it's but it's more comfortable that i can do it and that people some people do enjoy it enough that i can keep doing it and that's a great uh great liberty that i can enjoy but it's not uh, the driving factor of it at all. If that's what you're, that's what you meant. I'd enjoy doing, uh, I've always enjoyed doing uh, what I'm doing. Now I've gotten to a point where I can do it a little easier than I could when I was younger because I've done it enough, but I always try to challenge myself or think of weird things to do or the wrong ways that I'm going to, execute some idea that i had and it's uh yeah it's kind of strange like uh earlier today i was talking to my friend and, and we were discussing like how i uh come up with some of the ideas for for what i do in inside warfare and i write those ideas down in like longhand, and i write them down and what well, my friend said like an electrician might do or something and it, it's it's more like okay, if I do this and connect this to that and this sort of like weird chain of connecting pedals and and other weird instruments, then I might get that result. And I usually do that in my mind first and then I do it on paper and then I try it. Uh, Usually what happens is I wake up with it in my mind. So then I write it down on paper so I don't forget it. And then I try it the next day and see if it it becomes close to what I thought it might do. Sometimes it works that way. Sometimes it has a, a different surprising result. It depends. I don't know. Maybe I'm meandering. And I don't know if I'm answering. your no, no, no. <laughs> no. It's,
1: it, 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 it's, it's a good answer. And, uh, I have another question that, uh, you can redirect if there's any, is it about different... chilling again? <laughs> no, no, no it, it, it's, uh, It's actually, so you've worked collaboratively uh, in in integrity um, and you've seen a lot of talented musicians uh, uh, enter that world and and exit. And I guess I was curious how you view uh, your collaborators in integrity, your co-creators. Is it, is it the type of thing where, uh, you know, certain band leaders will will dissolve their band every couple records because they want a fresh take on the thing that it, that they do. Uh, or do you see it more as a collective thing where people just come and go as they need to in their life, and it and it's no hard feelings. Uh, I guess I'm asking, what is your relationship with the other members of Integrity then and now in terms of? you don't have to give me specifics on any individual. What I'm saying is how do you view them? Is it thank you for your service or is it, I have, I, I have, I have people in this band that I see as true geniuses and others that I see as like uh, a kind of journeyman. Uh, it, it, how do you view your own band? I guess it's the question I have for you.
0: Yeah, there are some, some people who have uh, positions that have, that that differ from others um some people are able to play play songs but not write songs mm. and some people are able to play and write songs and um it's a difficult uh yeah that's, that's something that's i don't know if that's something that's uh, spoken um but some people just can't write Um, and some people can write great and, uh, and then they get bored or they get, yeah, they find a different, uh, muse that they want to go off. Or in some cases they just get tired of doing the same thing and they want to move into a different direction or we don't get along anymore or we don't see eye to eye anymore. There's not one answer to any of it. Um, it's, that's, that's a very probably a very long uh, yes. question to answer especially because uh, integrity's been around for 34 years and there's been a lot of people who've played in the band but what I, I i could say is that majority of the people that i was lucky enough to play to play and record with over the years have been very talented in, in their own ways you know they're not all talented all in the same way some of them have strengths in different ways, and those strengths uh, are, are what, what makes them stand out. Um, some people are great at, uh, at different things. So it's, it's not something that I can just blanketly say about uh, a group of people in fairness, you know, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, but I feel that I've been lucky that I've been able to work with a lot of very talented and, and wonderful people and for the most part i wish almost all of them the best you know there's a few people that i don't i don't get along with anymore but that's you know in 34 years uh of oh, course wow. you're gonna have a couple couple a people ratio. that you're not, yeah. gonna, that you're not yeah. gonna have have want to continue a friendship or continue a former relationship with sure.
2: 34 years on the highway of life there's some potholes um yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: you know I, i'm sure that there's some people that you've met in, in in 34 years, we were like, Yeah, that guy, and I don't uh, see yeah. I die anymore. Absolutely. So,
2: uh, we, we don't want to kill you because you've been up and uh, we're v- extremely grateful for yeah, spending you spending some time with us.
0: But, oh, it's no problem. I hope I'm am I yawning. Or <laughs> no, 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 we don't could. want to keep this. Is us like
2: yeah. pulse checking, but I um, was going to ask you because. You, know, you can we, ask more questions if you want. This is
0: your subtle way of booting. No, me no. Up. Oh no, we have a ton of, of questions. We'll be <laughs>
2: very obvious when it's time to be obvious. No, um, you went to a you went to a <laughs> concert tonight. You're you're somebody who truly loves music. Yeah. How much of a role does performance play to you in your conception of the band? Like, do you think that it's necessary for you to play live shows, or is it something that you're like, I'd be fulfilled if I was doing it? I'm fulfilled doing it. But if we didn't do it, I'd continue to make this music.
0: I I like to play live shows. I like to interact with the people. Um, And now that doesn't mean that I want all the people to be uh, praising me or something like that. But I like to interact with the people because I have this, this, the way I see it is it's kind of like a, um, like a revival I grew up with like Pentecostal uh, parents and so I kind of see what I'm doing as a bit of religious experience it is for me personally a religious experience but I kind of feel that I'm giving sharing that with with the audience as well whether or not they interpret it that way I don't know but uh I kind of see it that way and um when I'm performing uh, and it's getting very ramped up and energetic then it it can you can lose the, your 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 soul starts to slip out of the flesh a little bit and you feel this special feeling that's really hard to describe it's um it's uh you know like to me like what music is about is uh there's There's these old uh, Alan Lomax recordings of guys. Uh, If you know Alan Lomax from the Library of Congress, he he went around uh, America recording musicians, random musicians that he, he might find in a small town because he convinced the Library of Congress to give him a budget to go around and record music because they wanted to make a library of music that in 100 years, people could listen to that and experience these people who were long dead creating music. And one of the sources of his, his recordings was in uh, the American South prisons. And you can Mm -hmm. imagine how miserable that those conditions were for these people. Mm -hmm. And they would be on the chain gang, chopping uh, wood or or breaking rocks. They would make a, uh, a rhythm with the chains around their ankles so that all these guys would move in unison and it would create this kind of chain sounding and then they would be smashing the rock and it would have this other sound and they'd have this rhythm and all the while singing and they were doing that not just to pass time but to get out of their prison out of their flesh prison and they would be able to be more than what the flesh is holding inside you know and that's always what i've tried to do with with this in a live performances i i try to get to those places sometimes it doesn't uh, doesn't always uh, work uh, but it's always the, the 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 ghost that i'm chasing
2: so that that's a real uh, to say a religious way to to think about a thing I I hear that with the chains there's usually a moment you know uh we we get we're kind of we get pretty airy in this podcast but where was a moment for you performing live especially young where you're like this is it this is like this is what I want to be doing you know full stop I want to be doing this for as long as it is that I can do this do you have a moment like that do you remember you know maybe it's a show maybe it's a moment in recording but but i often think about that there are these kind of mystical moments where, are like wow there's nowhere else on the planet that i'd rather be than right here and, and you know an early thought of that
0: i always thought i always felt that way with performing music but i never thought about the future and i never thought oh i will be doing this for X amount of years, sure, and sure. Yeah, That yeah. age right, right. I never imagined that I would. I don't know. I never thought I wouldn't be 51, but I also never thought that I would be 51. Right, I never thought yeah. about it. Really until just now. I don't even think about <laughs> it now, but um that's not something that comes into play with this. It's just this is just something that I do and I don't really uh all of the extra things that come along with it aren't really the 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 crucial parts of what make it happen but there are times like i have a song uh integrity has a song called jagged visions of my true destiny Mm -hmm. and sometimes when i play that song i'm not uh, i'm not on the earthly plane anymore it's like Mm. it's a very religious vessel for me and i can And I think that other people can sometimes connect with that as well. And uh, other songs too, but that song just there's something to it that just has this magic uh, chemistry to it for me. And I I could play that song uh, and I have played that song. I don't know how many times. uh, Yeah. In fact, that song was part of our live set for maybe six or seven years before we even recorded it. So it's, it's a song that's, predates a lot of the other songs and it just always we kept going back to it and it just it's a special song for me and uh I, I think it just has this this special ability to take at least take me out of out of my out of myself and 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 free myself for those minutes that the song goes and uh it's a wonderful feeling
1: That is exactly the type of shit I love to hear from a musician. (laughs) Thank you for that content. I I really It's my pleasure.
0: I mean, that's how, that's how I feel about it. And you you have to feel about, feel that type of thing with your songs. You have to connect with them on a, on a, on a spiritual level, on a, Mm -hmm. you know, on a, on a, and it's supposed to be like your offspring. It's, it's part of you that you've torn out of your chest and you've, offered it to the world and to yourself and you know okay. it can really uh take you places
1: now Dwight, uh, i know that you are not into the uh uh categorization of music as you said uh but <laughs> you've been closely integrity is one of those bands that uh <clears throat> uh can play almost any show right uh despite the fact that you have a very extreme sound you still end up in a lot of places uh, among those places is still just straight up hardcore shows and my question to you as a guy who uh no matter what Avenues you've pursued are still closely associated with hardcore music uh what you just said about s- searching for the parts of music that that are transcendent and send you places do you are you critical of hardcore at all in the respect that maybe there's a there's a volume of artists that are not pursuing that type of moment that are not exploring the same type of things, or I'm going to give you an out just in case you don't want to get in trouble today. Or do you, (laughs) or do you see it as part of a process and that people who often start playing pedestrian music that maybe they don't emotionally connect with fully eventually arrive there?
0: I don't know if I, I don't really think about it in either of those ways. I guess my uh, my gripe, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but my um, uh, my conflict with being labeled solely as hardcore. I guess ultimately comes down to the fact that, like I said earlier, like people went out of their way to make zines to say, don't listen to this record. It's not hardcore. It's going to ruin hardcore. And this kind of, uh, you know, PMRC boycotting of us because we Mm -hmm. had, uh thing none, none of you know what that means PMRC, yeah, I, was, but, I, I was gonna
1: say yeah. uh, we all get i the like reference. the reference i don't <laughs> know i don't know if some of our listeners will but go go
0: on oh this kind of you know like like witch hunting us for for having a different taste in music uh that soured me a lot on it and it, you know it also uh yeah i guess in a way like some simple things i don't find to have as much merit but at the same time, I think uh, I saw Project X play. I think six times, and mm-hmm. it was always energetic. But I don't know if it—I would say it was like transcending or spiritual. But it was somebody oh. expressing their frustration and their anger at the time, and you could experience that with uh, with Purcell. But um, you know, the lyrics were weren't trying to go that direction. And I don't think that the project was supposed to be something to, to to transcend him, his, his, his earthly plane in any manner, but it was more of a, out of frustration and and maybe just like, you know, hitting a punching bag for him, but, but with his words and his music. So I can, I can respect that. And I, and I, and I really enjoyed uh, seeing those concerts I can enjoy, you know, like with movies, I can enjoy a lot of different kinds of movies. I'm not only watching horror movies and I'm not only watching, you know, classic monster movies and and weird art movies and things. I, I watch a lot of different kinds of movies. I eat a lot of different kinds of food, not just one meal, the same meal every fucking day. And I think that when people just limit themselves to only listening to one kind of music, and it's the only, really, the only recreational entertainment form where people try to only yes. enjoy one thing, like with yes. movies. You never have people like I'm only gonna watch only the Marvel movies, or only fucking Julia Roberts rom coms, or only whatever it would be. <laughs> well, you're I mean, like, you, yeah, you you're saying
2: that out loud, saying that out loud, I think belies the absurdity of it, right? Like, yeah, like I always it, thought it's like weird. What?
0: Because you know, you're eating different things every day. You could be a vegetarian and still eat different meals every day, you know. I'm sure there's somebody out there who's gonna argue that point or something, but ultimately, you know, you're enjoying a different thing. You're not eating the same meal every day, every meal for the rest of your life, because that would be fucking boring. And you you need to spice up your life with different things. And music is the only, only entertainment thing where it's not not only just yeah. It's expected that you you would only like the one thing. I think that that's a very limiting for people. Yeah, and really. I don't want to do it for myself. But so people like people will be mad. Like how come you don't only listen to hardcore? Well, I I listen to some hardcore, but I don't like all hardcore. I also don't like all Japanese bands. Like people have this idea that I like all Japanese bands. That's not true. I like what I like, and that's it. You know, it's yeah. the geography doesn't have anything to do with it. Uh, a combination of, you know, following a certain kind of blueprint of musical construction doesn't really have anything to do with it either. You know, like I like noise music, but I don't like all noise music. And I like metal music, but I don't like all metal music. And I like movies. I like a lot of different kinds of movies. I don't only like one kind of movie. I don't only like one meal. I like a lot of different things. And I would hope that everybody else does too, but sometimes it seems that, 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 uh, what i'm saying is very alien.
2: Well. <laughs> no, i mean it's not it's it is um it's something that uh it's both familiar and the concept being that we all know people who musically are having the same cheeseburger every night for dinner. And uh yeah. you know, unfor- that's unfortunate. I think I think the person who is uh is full on on the uh, who's that old cartoon character who only ate hamburgers?
1: Uh, Wimpy. Oh, Wimpy,
2: Wimpy, yeah, the person <laughs> who's on the the musical equivalent of the Wimpy diet is not somebody <laughs> that I think any of us aspire to. That said, and and maybe this is a good point for us to start tying it off. Um, you have a large catalog of music, and what we've been most shocked by in doing the podcast overall is how often people tell us they've been exposed to this or that and they hadn't heard. It. And that's, we always, you know, it's it's a gratifying thing to, to hear people are discovering things. So there is likely someone listening to this podcast and, and they've never heard your music despite their hearing you talk, which is kind of cool. What are a couple reference points of Entry for someone who's never heard your music. And I, I'm in the spirit of the conversation we just had. I'm not asking you, hey, give me the one record that kids should listen to for integrity. No, no, no. Give me a couple of different points, whatever it is you'd say. But for somebody who has never heard your music, where do they jump in the pool?
0: Well, I guess the easiest answer would be humanity is the devil, because that seems to be one that people seem to like I guess at least when I play shows people often say these are my favorite songs and it has a diversity to it that has metal it has uh, almost meatloaf qualities on some songs and you know all kinds of different (laughs) things and and the opening song has no lyrics at all it's just a primal scream so everybody regardless of their mother tongue can relate to that and it's just Uh, and i think that that's you know that's a song of of transcendence because you can just anybody can is everybody gets frustrated sometime and that's a song that can really offer you release
2: all right everybody you know the words this one's called vocal tests
0: (laughs) and sometimes they don't know it though but yeah yeah (laughs) i often use that joke that's true that one's free
1: um Dwight th- thank you very much for joining us today man it, it's uh Thanks for I, i'm having not gonna I, i'm not gonna say that i had really any preconceived notions of you but you broke them all down whatever they were it, it, it's it, it's uh i'm sorry re- about that no it's no no, no it, it listen it is uh i think it's so nice not to get all heavy on you but it, i think it's so nice uh when people are just uh uh, if not vulnerable, they're just open, and, and they're they're conversational in a way that uh, allows people to get to know them. Because a, as artists, a lot of times what we do is we we put it all in the music, and we try to be uh, a, a little uh, guarded in what we say uh, or what we give people uh, beyond the music. And uh, it's nice to just have a, a conversation with a guy who a lot of people only know through their mu- through his music. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank
0: you yeah this is, I had a this great time.
3: Fun. This is fun. Um, yeah, so November 26 Brooklyn, New York. So for someone who's done this for 34 years, what, and, and maybe this is my own like Brooklyn, New York coming out, but like th- is, does this feel different to be able to be like, I'm playing New- like after all this time to be able to play New York? Does it mean anything? Is it any different from playing Brussels or playing you know Tokyo?
0: I don't I I never played there before so I guess it's like a reverse Sinatra thing for me so I didn't have to make it there I just <laughs> you made it everywhere there, right? I bought
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean it's going to be an insane show Yeah, um, yeah. people are very excited the
0: Tickets have been selling really well I heard and Yeah it's going to be uh, a all the bands are things. great and it's going to be a fun time yeah, I look forward good. to seeing you guys play too
3: it's going to be fun. Yeah, and if um if you need anybody to do hollow, I'll put in my my uh application now. I got <laughs> yeah, the, you know do it. <laughs> I can't rip a bible apart like um human furnace or any of those stories, but
0: um but yeah. Is that the stories about him ripping a bible, a bible? Like by hand.
3: That was like the big story. Oh, like, okay. He's not a big guy. That's pretty surprising. It's actually impressive. Um but yeah, we really we're looking for maybe to he
0: a- has a future in wrestling. Don't they rip open the uh, <laughs> That's true. uh yellow pages or something. Yeah. Right.
3: To show up, you know, so um, yeah. yeah, but I think it'll be great. November 26th in Brooklyn, Integrity Warthog, Indecision, uh, all at war and end it from Baltimore. Can't wait!
1: Good show. Uh, thanks it. again, it Thank you,
3: thank you guys. That was so much fun, man. Thank you so much.